Hi, you found yourself at Steps to Trusting, and I'm your host, Erin Michelle. At Steps to Trusting, it is my goal to meet you where you are in your faith journey and to encourage you to continue to take steps to trusting the Lord more fully. I'm glad you guys are here. We're going to be talking about a phrase that repeats over and over in the Old Testament. I've mentioned in the last couple episodes that I've been noticing it, but it's time for me to really search out what this means. So I hope you'll come along with me. It's the phrase, for the sake of my name, or for my name's sake. This is a phrase that I noticed in the Old Testament, which was leading me to look at the names of God and what they mean. But I think we really do need to understand what God is doing for the sake of his name to help bring this picture all together. Let's go ahead and go to a passage that may be familiar for many of you. It's Psalm 23. You may know this one. This one is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Wait for it. For his namesake. Have you guys noticed that? I had this passage memorized as a kid. I remember my father, when I was very young, sitting down and wanting us to memorize this passage. And I remember my mom asking, do you think it's too much for them? And I'm so thankful that my dad continued and pressed on so that me and my sisters would memorize this passage. But even having it memorized for years and years, I'd been noticing this phrase come up and hadn't noticed that it was in this passage. So let's just look at that again. What does it say God is doing for his namesake? So it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. We're going to let that sit there for a little bit and pop over to another verse. This passage is Ezekiel 36. Starting in verse 16, it's talking about the sin of the people of Israel and how God in his wrath punished them for the idols and the way that they had defiled the land. It continues to talk about his punishment. Verse 19 says, I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed throughout the countries. In accordance with their ways and their deeds, I judged them. It continues in 19, it says, But when they came to the nations, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name, in that people said of them, These are the people of the Lord, and yet they had to go out of his land. But, so verse 21, it says, But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they came. Look at verse 22. It says, therefore, I will say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your namesake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came, and I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord. It continues to talk about what God is going to do for the sake of his holy name. It talks about how he will gather the people and bring them home, how he will cleanse them. And in verse 26, it says, I will give you a new heart 
and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all of your uncleanliness, and I will summon the grain and make it abundant. Do you hear that? It's kind of talking about what the people deserve there. Do you see how God is recognizing that the people don't deserve? They have not earned what is about to happen. It's not for the sake of making them great. It's for the sake of showing who he is, showing who he is as God. I want to skip down to verse 31 because it was just talking about all the things that God will do for them. And it says, and then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good. And you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominations. So he's saying the people will see and recognize that it is not because of their greatness that these things are happening. They'll remember the things that they've done wrong. They'll remember the ways that they have fallen short. And then in 32, it says, It is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord God. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. This is kind of a shocking statement. But if we look at this, we see that God is not acting because the people deserved it. We see that God is not acting because they repented. God is not acting in a way of saying their sin was not that bad. He's acting in a way because of his holiness. And he's letting the people know these great blessings are not because of you. They're not because of your actions. And even when you look back at those passages, at at verse 26, where it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, right? He talks about how he will remove the heart of stone and give a heart of flesh and put his spirit within us and how he will cause us to be able to obey and follow his rules. Wants them to recognize he's doing these things in them because of who he is. Do you remember back earlier in the season? where Becky Keefe said, Jesus did a work so we don't have to. That's a simple way of understanding that God loves us. I find the biblical basis for that statement in Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God acted to our benefit not because of who we were, not because we were good enough, not because we did enough kind or good, righteous things, and not because we didn't do that many bad things. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did a work. He died for us. So we wouldn't have to because we can't. We can't live up to doing enough to be worthy of God's love. It's a gift that he gives us. In fact, I know we talked about the Romans road recently. One of the other verses on that Romans road is Romans 6:23, and it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. This work that he did for us, this payment of sin on our behalf, 
is the work, is a gift, and is the work that we could not accomplish to be good enough. And so when we look back to this phrase of God acting for his sake and not for ours, I believe it speaks to his character. It speaks to him wanting to be true to who he is and knowing that even when we fall short, his character is true. He will continue to act for the sake of his name, for the sake of who he is, because he is a loving God. He is a righteous God. He is a holy, set-apart God. And so he will continue to act so that his name will be known and his name will be made great, even when we aren't able to make his name great. I think that's part of what we see in this passage in Ezekiel. In verse 23, it says, And the nations will know that I am the Lord. And there, that, that Lord is all caps. So that means Yahweh, which means I am. So God is saying that he's going to act even though they have profaned his name, even though they have not lived up to telling the people about who the God of Israel is. He says he's going to act. And the nations will know that he is Yahweh. I am the one who created, who was there in the beginning. God, Yahweh, is going to show the nations who he is. Not because of their behavior, but because of his. And do you, did you catch and see what was going to happen there? He's going to gather them, but he also is going to give them strength. He's also going to work in them. He's going to change them to be who he called them to be because they couldn't live up to it. But he's a holy God. Let's go back to Psalm 23. When you look at this passage, do you hear the contentment of David? He's content. Do you hear the trust in his voice? I can almost imagine him on a journey, on a journey where he is not worrying where his steps will take him. He is focused on the Lord and he trusts him to lead him. He says, he is my shepherd. He knows he will have everything he needs. He says, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. See, the Lord is giving him rest. He leads me beside the still waters and beauty and nourishment. He restores my soul. And here. When you think about the passage in Ezekiel saying how he's going to cleanse them, he's going to give them a new heart that they can walk in his ways. I hear that in this passage. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. See, this God is willing to lead David, not for the sake of David, not to make David great, but because David points to his Savior. Yes, David made many mistakes along the way, but God continued to bless him and to redirect his path, to continue to be a shepherd and show him the way. And he does that for God's name, not for David's name. Friends, do you find that you act for the sake of your own name? Do you find that you know the name, the character of our God? that we can look to why he acts, 
It's easy to be very self-focused. It's easy to think, even when we look at scriptures, like, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we look at this verse, it's easy to think that we are lovable, that he looked down and he loved us because of us. But he loved us because of who he is. He loved us because his character is to have steadfast love. Here's a couple more verses. Jeremiah 14, 7 says, Though our iniquities testify against us, act, O Lord, for your name's sake, for our backslidings are many. We have sinned against you. Daniel 9, 19 says, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Do not delay for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. In these two situations, the people are crying out to God. They're crying out and saying, God, act for your namesake. We know who we are and we know who you are. And they're asking, will you act for your namesake. This right here is what's driving me to want to look at the names of God. Because when we see who God is, when we see the character of who he is, do we, when we see his name, it helps us to understand how he acts for his namesake. It helps us understand even in our weaknesses. We have these strong desires. I know I've talked about this season, the desire to be enough. We have these strong desires. And God, for his namesake, acts as all-sufficient, almighty God. It's one of the names that we covered already. I don't know about you, friends, but this is encouraging to me. This is encouraging as I bring it back, as we come back to that idea that Jesus did a work so that we don't have to. He acted for his name's sake, not because we're enough. And when we think about what is the work that Jesus did so that we don't have to, it points us to the cross. It points us to see how we fall short. Have you ever heard sin defined as missing the mark? That missing the mark, it's actually an archer's term. When you think about drawing back that arrow, and sending it flying. If it misses the mark, if it doesn't hit the target, if it doesn't hit the mark. Sure, I, I, I don't know that much about archery. Maybe they do measure and see who got the closest. But the mark is so very small. It's so very tight. And when we look at who God is, when we look at him and we see his character, we see him as, as holy as deliverer, as righteous, we can be thankful that God acts on his behalf and not our behalf as missing the mark. I heard a quote from J.I. Packer recently that was talking about sin, it was talking about a term, total depravity. And I don't have the quote in front of me, so bear with me. But he talked about how total depravity is not that we are as bad as we could be, but that at no point we are as good as we should be. He's talking about that truth that we miss the mark, 
no matter how far it is, we are not hitting the mark. I feel this. I feel the brokenness and the weakness. Often I see it first when I look at the immaturity of my children. I want them to hit the mark of obedience. I want to ask them to obey, and I want them to meet up to that. And that's my standard. That's my mark. God's standard is a lot different from mine. And when I look at my children or when I turn and look deeply at myself, I find that I'm disappointed that I yelled at the kids or I'm disappointed that I said something carelessly. I'm disappointed in how I spent my time. And I realize that I I don't even meet the mark of what I would like myself to be like. But friends, if the mark is Jesus, is the if the mark is his holy name, then we fall so short of that. We don't raise up to a place of being enough, being sufficient, so that God will act on our behalf. And again, this is something we should be so thankful for. Looking back at last week, we should be thankful that we rest in the shadow of Almighty God. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and give it a listen. Friends, thank you for joining me for this series of learning about the names of God. You guys are getting a sneak peek into (laughs) my Bible study right now. I really feel that I'm giving you a piece of what God has laid on my heart. This authenticity of this is what I need to know right now. And so I'm praying that other people are out there that need to know that right now too. So if you're one of those friends, if you want to go through this study with some of your friends, I encourage you to invite them to sit down, listen to the podcast, get their journaling questions in the show notes and go ahead and go through it. Thanks for joining me. I'm so happy to have you guys here. If you have been encouraged, would you go on over and rate the podcast or leave a comment? Doing so helps other people find it as a resource that I want to be pointing to God, pointing other people to know him more deeply as I myself am just seeking to get to know him better and better taking steps so that I can trust him more because I know him more. I hope to see you all back here next time. But till then, I want to leave you with this reminder from Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Friends, I'm praying for you as you keep on stepping. 